can you be so sure? I asked. It's a personal thing. Every morning, I give the day to God and ask Him to lead me. I read a chapter in the Bible and listen to what He says to me. God and I are very close. That's the only way I can make it. At three o'clock that afternoon, I had an appointment with Regina. Her parents had divorced when she was ten years old. She saw her father only twice after the divorce, once at her high school graduation and again at her younger sister's funeral. Her sister had been killed in an auto accident at the age of 21. Regina had been married and divorced three times. The longest of her marriages had lasted two and one-half years. She was in my office because she was contemplating a fourth marriage. Her mother had asked that she talk with me before she married again. I don't know if I should do this or not, Regina said. I don't want to grow old alone, but I don't have a very good track record with marriage. I feel like I'm a loser. My mother keeps telling me that God loves me and has a plan for my life. Right now I don't feel God's love, and I think I must have missed the plan. I'm not even sure there is a God. Two ladies, each having experienced enough pain for a lifetime. One feels deeply loved by God. The other feels empty. Why do some people claim to experience God's love very deeply, while others feel so distant from God that they are unsure God even exists? I believe the answer lies in the nature of love itself. Love is not a solo experience. Love requires both a lover and a responder. If God is the divine lover, why do not all of his creatures feel his love? Perhaps because some are looking in the wrong direction. Most often, one's search for God is influenced by culture. If our culture says, this is the way to God, then we tend to pursue accordingly. But love is a matter of the heart, the soul, not ritual or religion. I am convinced that each of us has a primary love language, and when we listen to God in our heart language, we will experience His love most intimately. I am also convinced that God speaks your love language fluently. Perhaps this is best understood by examining how love works in human relationships. Hearing the Language of Love In other volumes, I have dealt with the problem of not hearing love in our own language. My clinical research has revealed that each person has a different love language. Thus, if parents don't speak the child's primary love language, the child will not feel loved, regardless of how sincere the parents may be. The key is learning the primary love language of each child and speaking it regularly. The same principle is true in marriage. If a husband doesn't speak his wife's love language, she won't feel loved, and her need for love goes unfulfilled. The five love languages, which has now been translated into more than 25 languages, focuses on helping couples learn how to effectively communicate love. Later, I teamed up with psychiatrist Ross Campbell and wrote The Five Love Languages of Children. This book helps parents make the same discoveries and learn how to love their children effectively. Most recently, I wrote The Five Love Languages of Teenagers, which is designed to help parents navigate the turbulent waters of loving their children through the adolescent years. For those individuals who have the will, these books can provide the knowledge but there are a significant number of people for whom knowledge is not enough. Actually, all of us fall into this category from time to time. We know what to do, 
but we don't have the will to do it. One husband, having heard my ideas on learning to speak your spouse's primary love language, said, I'll tell you right now, if it's going to take my washing dishes, vacuuming floors, and doing laundry for her to feel loved, you can forget that. Obviously, his problem was not knowledge. He lacked the will to love his wife. The tragedy is that people who choose not to love are never happy people. Their lack of love hurts not only the other person, but it atrophies their own souls. People who refuse to love live on the edge of desperation. I have spent a lifetime trying to help people who, to use a line from Oscar Hammerstein's showboat, are tired of living and scared of dying. The purpose of this book is to bring people closer to God so that they can experience His limitless love and thus more effectively love others.